I love the fact that he went Essencia. Essencia. Oh, yeah. Essencia. Yeah. 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 You think that sounds like macaroni and cheese? I thought it sounded like something else. But <laughs> <laughs> that can sound like macaroni and cheese. On that note, on that note, we're gonna go ahead and get this show officially started. Are we recording? Yeah, we've been recording this whole time. <laughs> oh, that's really? amazing. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we have. Great. <laughs> So, <laughs> we're going to get the show started. Uh, welcome to Black Korea Podcast. I am your host for the day, KP. Your boy, Shelton J. And your girl, Dr. Lovejoy. Yes, our own Dr. Lovejoy. And we have two beautiful guests with us. We have Ina, the Puerto Rican princess. Hi, guys. And my hey. personal guest, Dr. Marquise Boone. Yay. What up, everybody? Hey. Welcome, welcome. Shout out to Andy and Tiff. Yeah, shout out to Andy and Tiff. Andy, we hope you're recovering now. Hopefully, he'll be back with us very soon. Tiffany's out in uh, Korea, right? Yeah, she's in Korea right now. All right. That's yes. awesome. All the Koreans are out right now. It's, it's Black Podcast. It's Black Podcast. Hey. 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 Ain't no Black Korean Podcast, bitch. It's Black Podcast. Black Podcast. I miss Welcome you, Tiff. I miss you, we though. We miss both of y'all. Yes, yes. So, uh, first off, how's, how's everybody doing? Great. Hey, good. Mm, yeah. It's out past my bedtime, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm Dang. super excited. <laughs> that is awesome. Cool. That is awesome. This this is when we get it started. We <laughs> so <laughs> the get freaks used. come out at night. Hey. 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 Pastors have to be the, plugged the best, in. The best pastors know <laughs> all the songs. All all of them. Say that. Streets. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> be referencing all the all the everything going on. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so let's let's hop into it. Uh you're a Dr. Marquise Boone, Pastor Marquise Boone. Goodness, what uh, what what got you started along your path? Man, I think uh, for me, I um started. I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, um, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. Uh, honestly, man. Um, for me, I had an aunt that was like super, super churchy and and over religious, and so she used to always want me to go to church, and I would like not go. And at like 12 years old, my appendix erupted, and um literally spent like three months in the hospital recovering oh, wow. and of course she came i was in rehab learning how to walk again and on a peeing tube and a feeding tube and so she came with her bible telling me god gave me another chance and all that kind of stuff and then from there man um after i got out of the hospital i literally started going to church with her every weekend it kind of just morphed into that man and uh fell in love with god and started doing preaching when i was 13 and got wow. licensed when i was 14 and wow. history from there man so that's where my passion came from Yes, and you you have a lot of talents. How have how have those helped you in you know pastoring? 
Uh, honestly, man, I pass the creative people. So, you know, I'm probably one of the most liberal passes you probably meet, which is kind of the thing that kind of gets me, you know, criticized as well. But um, all of my talents, talents kind of just um, metamorphosize into this big conglomerate of just energies and people coming in and literally being gravitating towards me from music to TV and film. Um, I started out doing spiritual advisement for secular artists like Justin Bieber, SWV, um, mm. Mila from 702 and I end up getting into music and management and then TV and film and I was doing all this while I was preaching so you know it just started to gravitate and you know get people who were in the industry coming and all that kind of stuff and I love it man because it gives me opportunity to meet people on their level I think everybody meets on the same level none of us are greater or higher or bigger than anybody else and we all meet on that same level when you meet on that common level literally you can talk about anything you can learn about people you can meet people where they are and y'all can grow from there most definitely so, yeah now like let me, let me tell y'all mm-hmm. i've known this man since i was like 13 14 i'm about to be 30 now Facts. like since before he was a pastor pastor yeah like moved churches with them like yeah. let's start mm-hmm. this so you know started the church in a freaking hotel <laughs> right a right, hotel right. room <laughs> yeah. to what it is now goodness like done great things <laughs> this man was making beats as quiet as it kept, I taught Kenneth how to pop lock. Uh oh. Yeah. 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 Drop it. <laughs> oh, wow. can drop it. Yes. Oh wow. So I've seen I've seen I've seen him from when he was very young to becoming super super successful and still pushing forward mm-hmm. and i really want uh i want to really want to kind of dig just dig a little deeper in that do y'all have any questions just about uh well actually before i even say that you're now in a position in a in a and in a uh period in your life where you're yeah. in a, transi- Transition. a transitional period yeah. can we talk a little bit about that transitional yeah. period absolutely man so um i've been doing this for 20 years uh i started preaching when i was 13 years old man and literally devoted my entire life into ministry um i told god that i would go hard for him early and he made me a promise that i could play hard later and mm-hmm. so i literally sacrificed my my teenage years my 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 childhood all that kind of stuff to really just be devoted to it and um now I'm at a position where he's transitioning me, man, to really literally, you know, step away from being a lead pastor and just oversee and more so devote my time into travel and TV and film. And literally, that's what I'm going to be doing. So I'm searching for that next person to take over the church and lead it. And literally, I'm going to be doing what I do best. And that's literally in the industry. Mm. So was that a hard decision to make? How did you come to that decision? Yeah, man, it was super hard. Like, I think I struggled with it for two years. Um, one, because the model that I've always seen is, hey, you preach and you do this till you die. Mm-hmm. Right. I see every pastor literally 80 years old and they don't <laughs> retire. They don't walk the away until they, you know what I'm like, that thing kind of like, the thing that kind of held me, I was like, you know, what people going to say, how they going to think, all that. And so I struggled with it for so long. And then I kind of had to have a rude awakening and say, how can I preach a message to people and not practice it mm-hmm. so we always telling people when god is speaking to you you flow with him you go where he goes you do what he tell you to do but that goes for everybody but the pastor and right. i had to literally digest that mm-hmm. and one day i woke up and i said you know what i went to thailand i went to thailand for 10 days um i took a three-day vial of silence with the monks and um i had my answer then and i came mm-hmm. back to the states and started making preparation to make this transition 
So you were quiet for three days? For three days, no phones, no internet. Like, no, no, no wait. You, you couldn't mean, even talk to the monks. Like, the monks for don't three talk already. Days? Three days? All you could do was eat, do People chores. People paid for that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Silent yeah, it was $25. It was yeah. $25. People pay oh, wow. for silent retreatments. Yeah, $25. Like, to go away. To not talk to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> That's tough, man. It was, but it was, it was tough, but man, it was so liberating. It was so refreshing. It was, Did you talk to yourself? Listen, no, I talked for a living, so I was like, man, I'm, I'm happy. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> How did it feel to completely be disconnected? It felt amazing. I think what it did for me, it made me recalibrate and kind of come back to, you know, a mutual place where I had kind of lost myself. Um, always being given out and, and supporting people and having something to say and literally just had the opportunity just to be quiet. And it's hear. like the giving tree. Yeah. Have you guys read The Grave of the Giving Tree? Uh, the book The Giving like Tree. It's a kids book. Yeah, yeah, but the sad thing is is that the giving tree is like dies mm-hmm. basically because it's, it's always giving, it's giving, it's always always giving and never receiving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Always happy. And, and why like I could have read the book and found that out like <laughs> <laughs> you should have read the book as a kid spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler alert you should have read it as a kid alright <laughs> He probably did. He just didn't pay attention. I was about yeah. to download it. Just that's too late. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but that's. Just, I mean, you're essentially disconnecting, yeah. and you're. I bet you felt like in those three days so exhausted afterwards, or kind of rejuiced afterwards. Man, I felt like I could take over the world afterwards. Like to see that these monks literally do this for the rest of their life. They have mm-hmm. literally taken this vow of silence that I mean, they don't, don't talk. They don't. They just work. They serve. They meditate. They pray. They eat. That would be so loud to me. I'm so. They don't talk? They don't talk. At all? No. Like, all I'm thinking of is that Martin episode when he decided to go to the. To the (laughs) monastery. Yes! Yes! Yes. But I don't remember them being absolutely silent. I couldn't make it. They don't even talk like that. <laughs> Do they be eating loud? Though? Is that where they show their character? They style? Probably, probably. They all wear the same clothes. They all look the same. They all, yeah. I think that's for a reason, though, it right? Is. It's it just to, so that everybody is in the same space. Because think of how distracting it would be if, like, all of the monks except for one was like came in with a bedazzled like thing and i think that's part is wrong with our culture is that people are so in this thought space that i have to i have to express my individuality and don't realize that we all can be individuals and mm-hmm. still look the same Mm-hmm. And that's the part that we don't get. So we're so focused on trying to do what no one else has done or mm-hmm. look like no one else has looked or dress like no one else has dressed and don't even realize that and doing all of that, you still can have an individuality. Just for example, when you look at nature, everything in nature we say is beautiful. We're like, oh my God, the sunset is so beautiful. Right. Oh my God, the trees are so beautiful. Oh my God, look at the color of the ocean is so beautiful. Why is it? Why do we look at nature and we call it so beautiful? If you ever think about it, it's because nature nature is natural that is how it was created Mm -hmm. like nature cannot say i don't like this green leaf i'm going to change it right Mm -hmm. it has to be green because that's how nature is exists but we are always trying to alter something on us and change something on us we want bigger lips we want this change we want that tweak we want that but nature cannot do that so when you get a a dozen roses dr lovejoy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and your favorite rose color maybe let's say red right yeah 
every last one of those roses are red, but every last one of those roses are individuals. True. Mm-hmm. Not one of those roses can say, hey, I want to be white because the rest of these are red. No, naturally, that's what they've been created to do. Mm-hmm. And I think if we embrace just our natural gifts, our natural talents, who we are, and not force the thought of we have to be individuals or change ourselves to be individuals mm-hmm. and really understand that I can dress the same, I can have the same outfit on as Kenneth and still be individ- uh, individual. Mm-hmm. That's deep. That I, is I deep. forgot I was on the podcast. Me too. <laughs> But it's true though. The key words you said in there was trying. People try so hard. Oh, yeah. They try yeah. to do so much. Yeah, red shades. Man, I thought these were black. But um, he's colorblind, guys. He's colorblind. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta do. Just like you said, just just, just be, be, you. be just okay be with being you, and don't feel like you have to overcompensate for other people. Right. And I think that's what our society does. I feel and that. Yeah. I feel that. Like moving mm. here into the states and. I lived in Nebraska for a portion of my life, oh, wow. and I always felt like right, right. I always <laughs> right, I so you know, yeah. right. But I always felt like in my high school that I always felt like I had to overcompensate because I either wasn't black enough to mm-hmm. be with my black friends, I wasn't Hispanic enough mm-hmm. to be with my Hispanic friends, and I definitely wasn't white enough to be with my white friends. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like I always had to kind of overcompensate who I was like okay I can't be medium loud I gotta be loud loud Mm -hmm, I can't be like if I'm I can't be mediocre at this I have to be like the best Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I already stuck out like a a sore thumb Mm -hmm. so that's what our culture teaches us like hey you have to overcompensate for areas that you don't feel qualified in right you don't feel that you fit in and you don't have to the greatest people among us are those who are comfortable being them and regardless of anyone else gravitates towards them or accept them right Mm. so let me let me let me ask you another question on that so you you have a pretty decent sized congregation following them sure so when you made this announcement, was it the first time that they got wind of it when you got up there and told them? How did yeah, that go? Yeah. Talk it, about that a little man, bit. Man, so, you know, I had took a, a 40-day sabbatical before I did it. And mm-hmm. so I intentionally was, I said, I need to do this because, number one, they're used to me always being there. So I said, I'm going to bring in different voices. So for seven weeks, I brought in different people and I didn't show up. I didn't respond to people's emails, nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so out. everybody was <laughs> like, where are you? What are you doing? When are you coming back? We need right. a word, blah, blah, blah. And that Sunday I came back, I literally, you know, I preached probably one of the best messages I've ever preached in my entire career. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end, I told him, I said, you know, um, I've been doing this for 20 years um, and I'm coming to a place where I have to transition out of being the leader to being the overseer. And I can't be locked into a region when God has called me to a world. Mm-hmm. And so many times we allow wow. people to lock us into four walls, whether that's your job, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a particular traditional style that you do it. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, you do this well and you have to stick to this and you can't do nothing else. Right. And I told him, I said, you know, so this will be my last season being your lead pastor oh my gosh and um was that the response yeah it was yeah. that it was like, <laughs> he came in and we was messed up yeah, yeah. I, I remember I was gonna say we had yeah. one, one uh, parish who was really yeah. not yeah wasn't really feeling too much but. he 
I was wondering, like, I, I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall in that church because yeah. I, I would like to have seen how it went. It was all over the place, man. I had people who literally walked out crying, and some people was, you know, clapping, and other people were just like, is this serious? Is he being for real? Maybe he just need a break and come back again. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody has kind of a moment in their life where they're like, what have I accomplished in this time frame, or what? Mm-hmm. Everybody has that kind of self I, I want to feel self-acknowledged or I, I want to know what I did good yeah. that should have showed you right there like I did right. what I could yeah. to touch as many people yeah. as possible and move their life and in the space yeah and that should have been a, an affirmation right there for you that you are yeah. doing the right thing yeah. and the last right. thing that I said to them I said one thing is for sure I want y'all to be able to see me and not view me I said, most pastors, you mm. only get to view them when they get to this point. And that's at the front of the church in a casket. Mm. I said, I'm not dying. I'm not I'm not sick. I said, you're going to still be able to see me. You're still going to be able to hear me. You're just not going to see me here every Sunday. Right. And I think the other part was, I'm hoping by me making this big major move that it will release you to make that next big major move in your life. We have too many people that are stuck, stuck in jobs they don't want to be in, Mm -hmm. stuck in relationships they're afraid to walk away from, stuck just living mediocre lives and they're satisfied. Like Mm -hmm. we get so caught up in the routine of what we've done for so long that we do not get that jolt to say, you know what? I can live and I can do something different and I don't have to show up to this job and I'm still going to get be all right next week. You know what I'm saying? Because our mindset tells us I need this paycheck. Mm-hmm. I need to be here preaching. Mm-hmm. I need to be here doing this. And it's okay if God or something within yourself says, it's more in me than this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So what I do you do that. though after, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you do after you've been pastor? You can't just come into church and sit in the pew. Like, what are you, <laughs> yeah. you going to do so, now? So for me, um, I'm looking for the next person. So the person that can, that can come in and replace me, mm-hmm. I'll mentor them. I'll oversee them. I'll okay. be that, that consultant, that, that, that shepherd for them, that person who leads it's them, guide of, them and help them. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's uh, you. You were pointing at I think that's kind of where I'm gonna be even more effective okay. in this next mm-hmm. part. So. Are you married, Pastor? I'm divorced. Oh, I we am divorced. About that too. Yeah, wow. I am divorced. I am divorced. I'm sitting over here. Are you know I'm trying to be? Are you married? <laughs> you got a girlfriend. <laughs> like that? No, you know I'm not. Like I'm messing up. I'm messing up. I'm messing up. Where my thoughts are going. Y'all can't see this, okay. y'all, but I'm touching her on her knee under the table. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. Just do it and then oh. just move my legs. Oh. <laughs> oh. This is not okay. Dr. Lovejoy is very uncomfortable. My heart is beating really fast. I'm blushing right she now. She is turning red, y'all. Y'all can't see. This is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> she took it from me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> 
And this is a great podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Korean podcast. <laughs> it's hot. So you were, Dr. Lovejoy, you were mentioning. Thank about you for bringing this back. Thank you. Yes. There we go. Mm-hmm. When did you get divorced? Um, about two years ago now. Me too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. How long were you married? Uh, two and a half years. So you, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I got so a lot of questions. Oh, okay, right. go ahead. So. <laughs> no, I just want to know how that, that in, in, in the church, how did they take that sort of stuff? Man, I literally thought my, I thought my, I thought I was going to lose my church. I thought my entire life was going to be ruined. I mm. thought everything was coming. You know, when you go through something that you've never experienced before, every negative thing in your mind and your emotion literally starts talking to you. Mm. And that's where I was. And I felt like I said, it's no way I can do this. It's no way I can get divorced. It's no way I can I felt like it was the very first thing I ever did and failed at hmm. you know I mean when I look back over my life like everything I touch was succeeded I graduated high school at 16 I did high school in two and a half years I got my first bachelor's degree when I was 19 my master's when I was 21 my PhD when I was 26 and my every business I touched grew every artist I, I produced grew like it's just and then when I found the person I, I was in love with and I wanted to be with I was like okay this about to be even bomb yeah. and you know I think with um a relationship is that you're dealing with two individuals that literally are growing. We're mm-hmm. living. So we change. The person that right. I am today is not the person I was last year. That's the true. person that she was yesterday is not the person that she is next week. And that's the hardest thing to, to really learn about a person. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like I had failed and I felt like my life was going to end. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to lose everybody that was supporting me. Mm-hmm. And even you get a but you know what's funny about that is it is people think that pastors have it all together like yeah he leaned on the scripture so he just gonna he'll figure it all out no matter what's going on you you're gonna be all right and take the human side away from from the ministry hey before everything else man we are a man right Mm -hmm. I put my pants Mm -hmm. on the same way you do and and that's the beautiful part of when we when we launched this ministry I literally launched it not to be a personality so my picture has never been on anything at the church my name hasn't been on anything at the church like I'm always trying to convey to people that I am human just as much as the next person Mm -hmm. the difference sometimes between the pastor and the person in the pew is that the pastor has taken an acknowledgement of a call that comes with a lot of responsibility the same way a parent takes that responsibility when they decide to have a child like Mm -hmm. there's nothing different about the person who who has a child and the person who doesn't. It's just that they taken a vow of responsibility to raise something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. But in our culture, man, the pastor is this God. Right. Mm-hmm. And he right. cannot sin and he cannot fail and he cannot fall and he cannot, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was that was part of my goal in being a pastor is to help remove that that negative connotation around that. Mm-hmm. What's supposed to be so positive? You're right. It's, yeah. You think about it is it's supposed to be a perfect connotation. Is what it is. Yeah. Perfection. You got to be perfect. Yep. Yeah. And that's really not. And it's not. Mm-hmm. What it's, you got? So. <laughs> nah, she. Nah. She. She's she still singing. She's still singing. <laughs> So we're going to wait. We're going to wait before we get back to Dr. Love. Because Lovejoy. I have so many, you know, because y'all know I, so I'm the sex 
Absolutely. I'm the sex girl. Absolutely. And, but I'm also a very spiritual person. Yeah. And so I sex struggle. Sex is a spiritual act. It is, but we do so, not, we yes. are taught I done had some spirits before Fornication. <laughs> spirits like the cigarettes. I'm so not ready for y'all today. Like, really? But it's just, and even as a therapist, mm-hmm. it is very difficult. It's very difficult um, for me because, okay, like for me, it was always like I, when I fornicated, there was guilt. Like mm-hmm. it was immediate mm-hmm. Guilt. Absolutely. Um. So I felt like I have to get married mm-hmm. so that I can have sex Legally. within marriage. Yeah. And then when I got divorced, I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? You go from not getting it to not getting it again. What am I supposed to do now? And what if I never want to get married again? Does that mean that you're not supposed to have sex? And because you are this sex therapist and because you are this sexual being, people want to then say then you can't be a spiritual right. being but I'm, I have to tell people all the time God created the clitoris yeah, like he yeah. created that all that is that. the only um, organ of the body that was created for um, pleasure. pleasure and so he knew what he was doing I mean little boys touch their penis before they even know what, what they're for. doing or right. know that it's wrong but then we're taught that all of these things are wrong yeah um so I have a big problem with the church when mm-hmm. it comes to sexuality. Absolutely. I mean, I, I counsel so many couples, you know, Christian couples in the church that are dissatisfied with their spouses sexually. Mm-hmm. So infidelity runs rampant. And I'm like, can we please just talk about this? Yeah. Like I teach a class, the art of fellatio. Yep. So I teach the art of fellatio mm-hmm. and people say, oh my gosh, you need to come to it at church. But I'm like, the church is not ready for Tiffany. Yeah. Yeah. They're not ready for me. Like, I got yeah. have a class called from holy to hoe. <laughs> and it's for, I love that class. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we're at Black Career Podcast. It's lit. We out here. We got to hear that one more time. What is this class called? The class is called From Holy to Ho. And it is for married women in the church that feel like they cannot get nasty with their husbands. Yeah. And I need you to get nasty with your husband, boo-boo, because the other women on the pew... But they, we don't want to talk about that. And so then I feel like to me, it's kind of like, well, this really sucks because I know what gift I know what my gifts. Yeah. And I struggle mm-hmm. with that because I'm like, God, you created me mm-hmm. and you've given me this gift of being able to talk about sex in a way that other people are not willing to do. Absolutely. And I don't want to feel ashamed. Yeah. I don't want to feel like I can't say something, but I don't want to lead your people the wrong way either. So it's just a very difficult um, it's, it's very difficult I believe for a lot of people to balance sexuality yeah. and spirituality and I just don't think that the church is doing a really good job discussing sex. And they haven't, you know, and I think, and I, and I concur with you 100%. One, I think the church want to know everybody's sexuality mm-hmm. and they want to have as much sex, but they don't want to talk about it and they don't want nobody to know about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the problem comes in. Um, we can go all the way back to the beginning, you know, number one, Adam and Eve both were made naked. Mm-hmm. They didn't know it was a problem <clears throat> until they did something that was totally outside of like, and then the text says that after they realized when they ate from the tree, they realized they were naked. They went and hid themselves, mm-hmm. but they hid, they hid themselves from God 
and they covered up their private areas and made leaves, right? Mm -hmm. With the leaves. But here's the crazy part. Who did they hide themselves from? God, who already knew they were naked. Mm -hmm. Right. He already knew that they were naked. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think a lot of us is that when we, number one, expose ourselves, our congregation, our children, our people to a shame of something that God had already knew was there. And we don't have to hide when he already, he, he made us that way. He created us mm-hmm. in that. And we're hiding things that he already knew. Mm. And we're afraid to talk about stuff that he already knows. For example, when they you bought the woman. just touched my leg again. Was I told it, you listen. I want to give you this. Check this out. He Check just touched my shoulder, too. Well, it's ahead. above the table. Go though. ahead. It's, <laughs> right. yeah. it's above me now. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Twitter reference. I love it. I love it. Okay. Come on. So check this out. Okay. I'm listening. So the religious leaders Mm -hmm. are trying to bring a sexual issue to Jesus as if he's going to be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. So he bring they bring out a woman. The text says caught in the act of adultery, Mm -hmm. meaning that these people literally saw her having sex with a man who Mm -hmm. wasn't her husband, right? Mm But they only bring her out and they say to Jesus, they say, hey, Rabbi, the text says, the law says that this woman who's caught in the act of adultery should be stoned to death. But what do you say? Jesus doesn't even respond, catch this, to the sexual act. The text says that he sits down in the sand, in the dirt, and he starts writing, right? And the Bible says that each one of those men start dropping their stones as he's writing in the sand. But the complex part is no one ever tells us what he was writing in the sand. Oh, we know, oh, we know what he was writing in the sand. He never says it, right? My thought mm-hmm. is that he was writing in the sand all of their sexual issues. Right. Mm. The problem with us is that we we we're quick to put someone else's sexual reference on the on on the screen mm-hmm. until ours are brought up, mm-hmm. and then they start dropping their stones and catch this. Jesus says to the woman, he says, "Where your accusers?" The ones who was talking about your sexuality mm-hmm. and sexual, your sexual escapades and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Right. He said, are they no more? She says, no, they're not no more. He said, well, go and sin no more. Right. But he never addresses her adultery. Mm. Right. He never addresses her sexuality. <sighs> okay, but Pastor, you got to clean that up. Because so what you saying now? I could go be with somebody else's man, Pastor. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm, saying, I'm, saying I'm saying that at the end of the day, we can either live based on a law Mm-hmm. Or we can live based on our convictions. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's where God is. God wants a relationship with us. So the things that break our heart breaks his heart. The things that breaks his heart should break our heart. God interacts with everyone on a different level. Mm-hmm. The same way we interact with our children. You know which child you got to be hard on, which one you got to yell at, mm-hmm. which one you got to threaten. And then you know the ones that you just got to look at <laughs> and they threaten. totally going to change their entire you know True. way. And that's how God deals with us. So what may be a conviction for me may not be a sin for you. Mm-hmm. Like he may right. tell me, yo, you better not listen to nothing that got cussing in it. Right. That's my conviction. I have to live based on that. Mm-hmm. But I can't come around and be like, yo, you need to not listen to that too because he may not have dealt with you the same way. I've never thought and about so that. And so I yeah. think that we have taken did. the text. For example, we go back to, and I may get in trouble with this, but I'm a very liberal pastor. Okay. I can handle this. Get it. Get we it. can go to the text and say, okay, the Ten Commandments say, thou should not do this. But the Ten Commandments was written to a people who were disobedient. They would not listen. They were not governed. They were out of control. So he had to put something in place in order to structure them and to govern them. Mm-hmm. You have individuals that don't need a law written because they can govern their lives. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where the balance comes in. I don't, I'm not living. He said, I didn't come to, to, that I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, which means that he said, I didn't come to bring the law or do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law. He became the law. He became the part that we could not become so that we didn't have to try to live up to become something that we would never be able to become. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what Jesus came for. So as long as we're still trying to get people to um, perform acts or to perform things according to ritualistics and traditions, then we're always going to lose them. Mm -hmm. So my job is not to tell you don't touch the stove. My job is to tell you what the stove is created for, why the stove is there. Mm -hmm. We put things in people's minds that cause the curiosity to then want to touch something because no one has explained to them what the use for it is. Mm -hmm. We approach it totally wrong. Mm -hmm. So instead of telling your kid, don't touch the stove, that's going to open them up to a whole world of curiosity. So why did she tell me not to touch the stove? What, 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 what's, what is the stove going to do to me? What, what is the purpose of the stove? What, what, what's going to happen you know, if I touch the stove? We, we had that talk today. <laughs> I had that talk with my son today. I told him, it's funny you say that. Like a lot of stuff is, is really like a couple of things. Both of y'all have said, we talked about some of this stuff, mm -hmm. on, you know, today on the way here. And then some of it, I talked to him. Like I told him, the things that I tell you don't do. That's gonna be the first thing you're gonna to wanna to be curious you're about. To do. So I gotta tell you why. That we were talking about weed. Yeah. The conversation was about weed. And um, you know, the mm -hmm. pros and cons Jesus. to it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, if I just tell you don't smoke weed, first you're thing you're gonna do, yeah, that's what you're mm -hmm. gonna to try to do. Like yep. mm -hmm. and we, we just had the same yep. exactly what you said. Yep. So you have to give the premise behind it and why yep. I would say this is what it's about. Educate him about it. Education. And give him, it's still it's still gonna be a Ultimately, in the end, it's going to be up to him. Yeah. But I still have to educate him first. And check so this out. Was, you're his father. Mm -hmm. You're his father. Right. You're literally the one who created him. Mm -hmm. Your first relationship on the earth models the relationship with God. Right. As our Heavenly Father. It's the same type of relationship God is trying to get us to see. Mm -hmm. Is that instead of us being afraid to come to our Father with these type of questions, mm -hmm. we, we try to avoid Him because we're afraid of what He right. may say. No, He wants to educate us. He wants to give us a have a conversation, right. has a, have that, you know, that talk like we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is why weed was created or whatever right. and this is what it was for and it's blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. and that's what it is but it's funny though like, take that's, care of this holy leg that's it but it's funny because I, I, I something laid it on my heart and they could talk to him that way because before it would have been like just out of your mind yeah, yeah. that's stupid mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying that would have been me yesterday Bingo. but today like I said the conversation today was this is why absolutely and I'm gonna let you instead of me being big boss I'm gonna, I'm gonna bully you into mm -hmm. to know it changed today. Yeah. That's good. Very so, good. Yeah, and it's crazy. Very like good. I said, that's it's yeah. crazy that he said that. <laughs> yeah, because that just further affirmed that, that I you did. did that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Growth mm -hmm. as a parent, it's, it is. It's, it's mm -hmm. growth, you know, as right. a parent for us to not jump in with the what you can't do and what you shouldn't do, mm -hmm. and just say, okay, let's talk about. Because you know, my child asked me, she's like, so I want to smoke. Um, oh, really? You want me to do it with you, or you want me to do it with your friends? I'm like, who does that? Shows, that shows an incredible amount of respect that she has for you, he or she. Mm -hmm. My daughter. Yeah, your daughter has for you is mm -hmm. because she she asked you. And think of all of the people who are hiding, doing something mm -hmm. that they shouldn't be doing because their parents kind of come down on them. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Right. And never explained anything, which, I mean, I have my own you know, version and story of that. We, we but don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'll give you a brief synopsis. So I, I used to go to this church. I was heavily involved in a church, um, which will remain nameless. Anonymous. Um, no. <laughs> um, but I, you know, kind of had a thing for the pastor's son. And Ooh. he was <laughs> He was significantly older than me. Um, and, you know, I think he kind of just... I was about to say, same question. Um, I was not... Statutory rapes, right? I was not. Uh, he was he when I was in high school. He had already graduated and went into college. So. Statutory rape, right? So mm. I was not at that age, but mm. I knew that he was, you know, up on the podium, speaking to everybody in youth group, and he was just giving me those eyes, those eyes. And I was like, this is gonna happen mm. at some point. Right. But obviously, you know, his dad being the pastor of the congregation like you can't do this and is basically what you're saying is kind of dictating his life Mm -hmm. like you have to be a leader but at the same time you've got a teenage boy who's like trying to explore all kinds of and he was almost raging raging so you can't play them away no and but (laughs) what happens is you you, (laughs) you get you get um you know these pastors kids who are running amok low-key and people are just but then they're allowing to be in front of the congregation like i'm as pure as everybody else like mm-hmm. you know what i mean but it got to a moment where you know maybe we were doing something we shouldn't have been doing maybe, maybe. we were doing something we shouldn't oh, have been doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's we were doing it like, like it is ma'am after after <laughs> turned after Turn 18. Okay. Oh, she want to make that kid. Right, right, right. Right. Well, he is uh, 100% married now. Okay. Which, I mean, the person who he's married to um, is. Y'all cool? I mean, we don't speak Mm -hmm. because he always put this this negative connotation over me that I was the unpure one Mm -hmm. because. You know, as soon as I turned a certain age and I knew what this was, I was like, so are we going to do this? Because I know that your hormones are raging as much as mine. So are we going to do this? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it turned out to be like we really liked each other after, you know, in the aftermath. We truly liked each other. And it turned out to be like, okay, so are you going to tell your parents about me? Why wouldn't your parents like me? And it was just kind of this like unspoken, like we're never going to talk about that. Right. We're so never going to bring that up. Yeah. That's funny how he did it, but he was looking down on you. Right. right. <laughs> like, Which is the crazy thing. I, I can't believe you. Yeah. And you know. <laughs> did it happen more than once? More than once. Okay. And more than once. I'm sorry. In, in the, the church. Uh, in the church. Oh, oh girl. Yeah. Sorry. In the, s- in the South. <laughs> in the in South. The south. Wow. Yeah. I know. When I know. they mix and match <laughs> the quiet vocals. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Listen, God was being called more than once. Oh, wow. Oh, so. wow. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, but oh, in, all, in all seriousness, I felt like why why going back to what Dr. Lovejoy was talking about why can I be why can I not be or be accepted as a spiritual woman or somebody who wants to follow in my religion but also be this like sexual being explore my sexuality with someone who's also trying to be that but it's okay after you get married I mean 
it's you know it, it doesn't make any sense to me in, in that kind of sense and it could be that maybe I'm a little bit more naive to it but it was just more like okay you can't into you can't allow your parents to know what we're doing because they look down upon you because you're supposed to be this role model mm -hmm. but I'm trying I'm here doing the same thing that you're doing you know devoting my time and being in these youth groups and reaching out to people and talking to them about God but I'm being looked at poorly by you know the son of the pastor because I want to open up my sexuality and talk to people about that you could be both mm -hmm. be you know this sexual advantageous person or be a follower of Christ you could be both and a lot of people have kind of you know mixed like messages you have to choose, you mm -hmm. have to choose. Mm -hmm. and that's when things come in secrecy Absolutely. you know people are doing secret things within the congregation and people are like oh did you hear so and so is doing you know yeah. and that's when it you lose all like devotion to what you came there to do right mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a lot yeah, it's a lot. And you say you were called to the ministry at a very young age. So Super how young. did that work for you as a raging, raging teenager? Boy. Yeah. yeah. So see, so my story, and this is the fascinating part, but my story is I literally was totally opposite, you know, when I was younger. So nobody wanted to be with me. I was overweight. I was the one that nobody, I, I had anger management problems. Really? And yeah, like literally. So. And look at him now. So for me, it was, you know, I think you had those two types of people. He was like Kirk Franklin. You, had, <laughs> <laughs> you got the two types of people. You have the ones who literally can maintain their purity because nobody wants them. And then you have the group of people who can maintain their purity because it's a choice. And I think for me, it was because nobody necessarily wanted me. Mm. And so like, I didn't lose my virginity until I was like 20. Or whatever. Same. And, yeah. Later on in life. <laughs> <laughs> I went back. Yeah. yeah but you know, like it, it, it was, it was weird, you know. But I think for me, I think I look at it now, like it had to be that way for me, because mm -hmm. if it didn't, I probably would have been the opposite. Like my 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 biological father has like thirteen kids. Mm -hmm all by multiple different women and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, man, dang, I could have been that or I could have, you know, so I think for me, it had to be that way to lay a good foundation for where I am. So then fast forward, I'm in my 20s and I'm successful. I got money and got I money. got power and all that stuff. It was like the mistakes I made as a 20 year old were the ones I should have made as a teenager. Mm -hmm. I was about to say, how did that, that I mean, probably was, didn't go very well. It didn't go well. together. It like, was yeah, a person lot. who never got attention, all of a sudden it's just being thrown at you now. I'm like, what am yeah. I supposed to do with this? Yeah. And then what I realized too, as I as I grew, is that people wasn't even attracted to me, they was attracted to my power and mm -hmm. my position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like a lot of That's pastors. That's a yeah. serious thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just missed I all of that. I do, I like a lot of pastors, and when yeah. I go to church, I try to keep my eyes down, because don't look at me. Yeah, no, don't I, look at me. Yeah, I, have, I, have, I have women who literally are bold enough to say to me, you know, hey pastor, don't wear those pants no more, oh, or hey, yes. don't, you know, don't, yeah. don't hug me like that no more. I had a counseling session with somebody who said in my office and was asking me for advice on how to approach a man who they feel they're attracted to but they can't or they don't know how yeah they're yeah. not obtainable and they don't like the way the person has been making them feel because of how they address them she was talking about you honey so i'm like you know you need to go to them you need to say this you need to say that i'm like you know dude she's like well 
the person is like really, really, really known. I'm like, I mean, take somebody with you, Boba. She's like, the person is you. Oh wow. And I was like, how do I make you feel that way? She's like, well, you know, you call me sweetie. I was like, I, I call everybody sweetie because I don't know Stop. people's names. Well, right. don't do that, Pastor. But I don't know people's names. Well, you're going to have so to many... choose something else other than sweetie. Baby. No, no sir. Sister, <laughs> we're on the right track. Sister. Sister. Uh, Let's stick with sister. sister. Sister, how you doing, sister? Hey, sister. sister no, man. don't say it like that. <laughs> no, a hard ER. Thank you. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I feel like then you want me to govern how I carry myself because you don't know how to govern how you carry yourself. Right. And that doesn't, it can't go both ways. Like, it can't be like that. So you want me to change everything on how I approach a person, like the natural version of me. We just talked about nature. Nature is beautiful because that's what it naturally is. Like, so you want me to adjust who I'm naturally am. I'm a natural people person. I'm a hugger. I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I talk to everybody. You know, that's the charismatic side of me. So you want me to change that part because it doesn't make you feel. And, and see, that's what's dangerous. Cookie monster pastors. Okay. That's what I call them. Cookie, cookie monsters. monsters. That's, what, that's cold mm-hmm. for charming motherfucker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you can't be a cookie monster pastor. No, but everybody who, from your perspective, Perspective is a cookie monster is not a cookie monster. Right. Some of because just some people that's that's natural who I am. Right. Oh, they. I get it. That is natural. Right. I get that is natural. So don't, don't, so don't, so don't don't that's like saying that every yeah. pastor is a crook or every pastor is a you know a, a thief or, or whatever. Just because they just because of their role yeah. or their persona, no, and that's not. Yeah. It's just really tricky. It's just really very. It's very. But what difficult. I can respect though, if you, for example, if you said to me, if you approach me and say, <laughs> if, let's say, okay, let's say, let's say we we. we we're in the lobby, right? And I go to hug you, and you say, Pastor, uh, don't hug me like that. I can respect that than for you to allow me to hug you and then and go then all this time and start feeling a certain way about me. And then put it on I'm you. a very direct person. So I'd rather you say to me, Hey, don't hug me like that, Pastor, because, you know, I am a woman. And I'll be like, I respect that. I can respect somebody who can be authentic, 100, and honest, and upfront. But don't, 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 don't take my hug. She did. That was, that was, that was, you know, and I haven't touched her under the table since. Right. But I'm just saying, like, you got to be, I think you got to be 100. For example, when Jesus met the woman at the well, she thought he was trying to make a pass at her. I think I missed that. Oh, no, it's right there in the text. Because she says to him, she says, First of all, why are you asking me for a drink and you ain't got nothing to draw with? I know you're just trying to come on to me. And he said, child, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for a drink. Mm. Sometimes I'm a perception. Oh, it's a fact. (laughs) Seriously, because he he already knew, number one, all about her. Mm -hmm. So she thought that he was literally just like any other man that she had dealt with. Mm -hmm. Because remember, she didn't even know who he was. If you read the text and you look at the time that she came, she came to the well at an uh, abnormal time because she didn't want to run into people who knew her. So when she got there, she saw him and he asked her for a drink. She, she She's like, he running game because he ain't got nothing to draw with. Because according to my custom, if you want me to get you a drink, because it was only the women who drew from the well. Mm-hmm. So you can't ask me to draw something and you ain't got nothing yeah, to draw with. Okay. Right. Hello, church. Okay. So she thought. <laughs> 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 
to be a cookie monster. And I'm not a cookie monster. Sweetie, sugar, baby, honey. All right. I feel, like, I feel like we're hitting the brick wall right now. We have to pay some bills. Pay the bills. And we Can will be right back after this break. Hey. Black Korea, y'all. All right. All right, welcome back from the break. First off, I want to give a huge shout out to Dead End Studios where we record amazing people who can handle all of your video and audio needs to the T. Hey. Make sure to follow them on IG at Dead End Studios ATL and to follow us on IG at Black Korea Podcast and Twitter at Black Korea ATL. And please listen to all of our podcasts everywhere where podcasts are available. Yes. And we are back. Back. Yes. Okay. Goodness. Where do we start? Puerto Rico. What has been going on it's there? Crazy, crazy mess, right? I mean, right. we have to bring like the resident Puerto Rican in. Of <laughs> course. Right. Please I'm take the <laughs> Basically, I mean, it's it's crazy. And what what an amazing time to see a perfect example of people being united mm -hmm. like how crazy things are happening in you know in the world of politics and just like just people being mean to each other and just really taking out frustrations on other people what a perfect example by my people the vivid people of yeah. puerto rico and and kind of taking a stand on things that are politically incorrect. Absolutely. So basically kind of a synopsis of, of what happened in Puerto Rico is the governor of Puerto Rico, Ricardo Rosselló, um, which is Ricardo Rosselló. Yeah, <laughs> For the people out there, trouble. Ricardo Rosselló. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Rosselló, which is usually how people kind of uh, uh, talk about him now because he doesn't even deserve a first name anymore. Mm. Um, back on July 13th, um, the Center of Investigative Journalism for Puerto Rico released like 889 pages of a transcript that was essentially from WhatsApp. And it was, you could call it a locker room talk in between him and a couple of his administrative, you know, board members and some of his staff members. And in that 889 pages of a oh, wow. chat room message, he was, you know, saying really degrading things about female politician and other political opponents and saying ridiculous things about, you know, the LGBTQ community and making fun of the death toll in Puerto Rico, you know, saying oh, wow, things wow. allegedly like that they have so many dead bodies that they need to kind of lie to the media about all of the dead bodies that are there and wanting to feed it to cows and making fun of the way that rural Puerto Ricans speak and, um, you know, making just saying so many terrible things about the people of Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. which Ricardo Rosello is Puerto Rican, born and raised, and his father, which is the crazy part, history repeats itself, his father ran for governor back in, he did a long term, but he was also the first governor who resigned voluntarily because of similar corruption. Wow. Yeah. So things are a little insane in Puerto Rico, but, you know, 
at first he said he wasn't going to resign, mm-hmm. you know, because he was very like the people put me in this position so I could I feel like I could kind of go back um, Did and he deny it. He did, kind of, in the mm-hmm. beginning, but like the proof is in the pudding, you know? It's in black and white, literally, because these transcripts are being floodgated out mm-hmm. into the, you know, mass media. And people are mad. People were pissed. Like, mad is like uh, not even in this vocabulary. People were pissed mm-hmm. because they felt like the resources that should have been going to Puerto Rico weren't. They were being allegedly funneled into different places. Mm-hmm. And when, this was leaked out into the media. People on his administrative board voluntarily quit. They resigned. They're like, not me. I'm not being investigated. Mm, so no. that already kind of shows some sort of weirdness there. But, you know, even making fun of somebody like, for example, Ricky Martin, he said in those transcripts, like horrible things about, you know, his sexual identity, even though. After Hurricane Maria, Ricky Martin was like one of the bigger celebrities who created a, a, a fund, a fundraiser and an organization that helped funneled money back into Puerto Rico. Like that's not Ricky Martin's job. I mean, it's great that he used his platform to, you know, bring money back into Puerto Rico and be kind of an advocate and a voice for people like that. But that's the government's job. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, he's like, I'm, I'm denying it. Like, I'm not, you know. I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm not going to step down. Mm-hmm. And then he came back, you know, after people started to heavily protest, um, which was like 95% silent protesting. Don't believe everything that the media says. It was pretty silent. Mm-hmm. But after that, he had said, okay, well, I'm just not going to do another term. Like, I'm just after my term's over, I'm not going to go back and be reelected. And people are like, that's not enough. So People continued to protest and say, like, you know, this is injustice and more things started to funnel out into, um, you know, into the media and things that he said about um, La Libreta Jornal, which is it was basically a a journal that was used back when um, Puerto Ricans were enslaved Mm -hmm. to write down the people who after slavery was abolished to write down the people who were like how many hours they worked and who they worked for. So making fun of things like that at some point uh, at this point, like if you're making the president of the United States look fantastic, look like Mr. Rogers, Mm -hmm. something's going on here. Mm -hmm. And I mean, unfortunately that's something that Puerto Rico has gone through for years and years and years, including with his dad and, you know, things are kind of, in in a dark situation, obviously after Hurricane Maria and Trump's administration had given Puerto Rico twice as much money as other, you know, other places that were just equally as affected. Um, and now Trump's looking at them like, what are you doing with all that money? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's sad, but whenever there's darkness, there's got to be some light to mm-hmm. it. Right? Mm-hmm. right. And after days of protesting and, you know, silent protesting and having these different celebrities who are Hispanic also, not even just Puerto Rican, just Hispanic in general, being a kind of using their platform, like do what you can to make your voice be heard. And after that protest, you know, he, you, he put out a statement um, that he was resigning on Friday. So your girl took Friday off. (laughs) (laughs) No, like it's so beautiful 
seeing so many human beings come together like in solidarity just mm-hmm. for for something and especially something so so important to so many people and like that shit happening because we came together and we did this and that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Can we get a quick hand for Puerto Rico? Yes. Yay. Thank you. La isla del encanto. Yes. <laughs> so and now that y'all have come together and like, yo, got them up out of here, who do the people choose next? You know, that's kind of, um, it's kind of a hit or miss because the next person who was supposed to be the secretary that was leading the investigation, um, of course, now people are pulling all kinds of receipts. So, mm-hmm. you know, chief stepped down and was just like, I'm not going to do that. And so he appointed someone else, which a lot of people don't feel like he is in the right set of mind either because he's part of the same political party. Right. So, you know, they're like, okay, you might think that what he did was wrong, mm. but you didn't do anything to back it up either. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm, right. there's a there's a lot of, you know, weirdness happening in, in between there and a lot of things that um, are unstable. But uh, what I want a lot of people to know is that the people of Puerto Rico are resilient as fuck. Like, for real, we are the most resilient people. Like, after Hurricane Maria, like, so I went back home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went back home in May of last year, Mm -hmm. right? So after they cleared people to go back home, um, you know, I wanted to see my family. I wanted to see my loved ones, my friends, you know, the house I grew up in, things like that. And surprisingly, it was not as bad as you think. Because the media just kind of sandwiches Mm -hmm. it all together like, it looks terrible, but it wasn't as bad as you think. And it's Mm -hmm. because literally the people of Puerto Rico are, you know, we just wanted to make a statement like we need help. So somebody come say, you know, come do something. The same thing with the protest. People, you know, we had some, uh, the majority of Puerto Ricans were like, we want to stand for something that's completely like needs to be out. He needs to be out. We Mm. want him out. And even though when he first put out the statement that he wasn't resigning, he, his, his um, justification for not resigning was, well, the people put me here. Like they voted me here. Well, now the people want you out because we're pissed. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of, it should give an example to all of the other states, even though Puerto Rico is not a state, it's a U.S. territory. Right. It should give a leading example to everyone else that with silent protesting, using a creative platform or any sort of platform to kind of have your voice be heard, it can move mountains. And in this case, it moved a very corrupt person. So, but what's so crazy about this is that I had friends and cousins and family members that were at the protest and there's everything in my Latina soul that wanted to be there too. Mm -hmm. But you should have heard, like, I've seen videos, like, from my cousins and just people in the media putting a video, like, minutes before he let that uh, Mm. video. It was silent in those Mm. streets, like, silent. And he put out the statement that he was resigning August 2nd, February, August 2nd. And the streets were insane. People partying and it it was crazy. It was so crazy and just like full of joy that people were like, wow, this is the first time ever 
because remember I, I mentioned that his dad used to be a governor and was like just equally as corrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time where people maybe felt in a very long time that they could be heard, mm-hmm. you know, and there is also uh, other Puerto Ricans who were just like, you know, but look at what this protest did because like I said, 90, 90% of the protest was peaceful, but then you got those people who like to wall out, you know, and like make a statement and graffiti yeah. everything. And the protest happened in the governor's mansion, which takes over most of um, La Calle Fortaleza, which is a big street oh. in Puerto Rico. Because <laughs> it does Just, something uh, to you. Yeah, every time. Every time. Yeah, that street was packed. And those are really old buildings. So people are like, oh, my God, what are they doing to the old San Juan? What it, the, you know, businesses had to be closed down, um, you know, glass of businesses, like windows were broken, graffiti everywhere. But after the protest, you this is what the media doesn't show you mm. is people, people from the protest with garbage bags, with fresh paint and repairing you know, Ooh, like showing today, even yeah. more resilience. Like we just did, you know, did this to make a point. Right. Now we're back mm. to restructuring and rebuilding because nothing's going to get us down. Right. And what is so nice is that afterwards, those celebrities that use those platforms, you know, their bigger platforms sent out messages like Ricky Martin had posted on his Instagram that he would like for everyone on Saturday and Sunday, if you could to just take your family out. To, to dinner mm. and go visit those businesses that were closed and shop mm. and eat and drink with your friends and celebrate this like monumental moment. That's smart. And a lot of people did. So I hope that the people who had lost that time during business got money donated to them from these and people. Got it back. Yeah, I got it back because it's it moves people to have something like this happen. Yeah. Most That's definitely. Dope. So this is a story of triumph. I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, th- and thank you so much for giving so much insight and, uh, I mean, answering every question that I had. <laughs> all, I mean, I did some research, but I didn't really have any, like, any in-depth and, like, so, like, personal, yeah. like, like, input. It's so, different when you have somebody who, like... Like, I, I like to tell people that I'm the most patriotic Puerto Rican, like, yeah. amongst other Puerto Ricans who are equally as patriotic. Like, you'll see my earrings, you'll see my car on my flag, like, the flag in my car, mm-hmm. everything. And, it you know, we have a saying in Puerto Rico, like, mancha de platano, which means, like, you could see the, the stain of a plantain on my forehead. That's how Puerto Rican I am. Wow. And so when things like this happen, like... I'm in it. I'm involved. Like my my like I mentioned, my loved ones are there. So mm-hmm. things like this hit so close to home. Most definitely. That you know you gotta k- kind of represent. You know. And it's of good course. that it had a happy ending. That's that's yeah. the, the biggest oh, thing yeah. for me. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. got shot. Nobody. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I don't well, know if I got shot. I mean, some yeah. people got shot. I'm not yeah. sure, but that is a story of triumph for the Puerto Rican community. Uh, here's another story of triumph for, I guess, the black community. Lil yeah. Nas X had, now has the longest running Billboard uh, number, number one, one hit hey. in history. That is crazy. Is history? I'm in history. History. Really? Yes, yeah, yeah, so, Mar- Mariah Carey's record. Wow. Yeah. Mariah Carey's record. Yeah, boys, yeah, boys, yeah, boys, boys Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. One sweet day. 
Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Listen, I wanted that to be my wedding song, and somebody told me that it was about death, and I'm still gonna play it at my wedding. Because <laughs> <laughs> something is dying. <laughs> yeah. My singleness. <laughs> Daddy Yankee and Justin Bieber, they, they were tired. I didn't know that. Who? I didn't know uh, either. 16, 15 weeks? Oh, 15 yeah, 16 weeks. weeks. 16 weeks. Yeah, so this one's 17, I think. Yeah. Wow. But at the same time, he has a really good marketing team. And he's remixed that version so many times. Of course. That people get it brand new every time. Yeah. Like he's probably in the studio right now, like <laughs> trying to do a dance hall version. That's like, brilliant. Literally, even though I'm in the music industry or whatever. The label. The But um no matter uh, every huge accolade I hear from any artist, I always factor in social media because that's because if Michael Jackson had Twitter, Snapchat, if Michael if Michael Jackson had TikTok oh, when wow. he was when he was in the Jackson Five, right, bro. Like, the game would be over for everybody. I mean, yeah, I mean, the game is already over for everybody with Michael Jackson, but pre social media. So yeah. I always factor that in. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, I'm like, is that a good thing? Is that a bad no, thing? No, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Especially, anti-feature? no, is no, no, it, it's a good thing. Especially mm-hmm. like it's good for his marketing because as much as you don't want to, you know, kind of use this as a, you know, because everybody has their moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Of course. He, is using the right moment and the right time for even coming out as bisexual. And, you know, that obviously was like, oh, my God, he's like me now. Mm-hmm. And so more people are like, uh, oh, I got to listen uh, to him uh, now. I wasn't like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I was, yo, that's what's up. I'm glad right. you came out. You know? Because we're in this movement of, <laughs> yeah. you know, empowering people from the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, as everybody should. Because yeah. we're all human. Like, yes. Yeah. He came, you know, he was like, yo, I'm bisexual. Also, listen to my album. Mm-hmm. I think only thing that social media really does it it accelerates the exposure faster. I yeah. think you know mm-hmm. Michael became big because he had a group of people that was behind him that knew how to get him on the road, push it as long as they like. You know, it took longer. Joe Jackson, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you just put Joe it out there no and, and it goes everywhere quicker. You know, but mm-hmm. yeah. So that but, microwave success. Like, I don't think quick. <laughs> I don't think quicker is just the world. I mean, excuse me. I don't think quicker is just the faster. Quicker is just the, is the word. I think exponentially is the, is the word that should always be used because quicker doesn't equal exponentially. Like, it's ridiculous. It is mm-hmm. computerized yeah. times. So who knows a number how big faster that you get right. to everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it'll never go away. You know any yeah. other song right. by Nas X? Little Nas X? Yeah, Panini. It's crazy. Yeah. I need to go back and listen to it. Yeah. I, just listen to the I mean, he's only been around for 17 weeks, guys. Right. Seventeen weeks, that's mm. all. For yeah. real. That's scary though, because you, you gotta follow that up. Like you gotta <laughs> you have to follow up. Like if yeah. your first single is on the, the breaks records, it's the hardest thing to break. The second single is gonna yeah. be 
That would scare me as an artist. It yeah. would me too. Now I want my third like, single to blow like that. Yeah. Not the first. True. Not the second. You the build, third. Yeah, you build on it. Yeah. yeah. So then you become a one hit wonder. Yeah, that's the and that's, that's usually what happens. That's what normally I mean, happens. Labels are giving single deals. They're not giving artists or album deals anymore. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you got a good single, we're gonna milk that for two million sales, <laughs> and we're gonna go into the next person. They're gonna write a book about it, yeah. like, right. like a movie. Because yeah. some people will, will see his name and, and automatically think of that song. Like, I'm that's so it. tired of that song. Yeah. Let me get past yeah, it. Go to the next one. Yeah. They won't even listen to the song. Yeah, because they still think all they can hear is Old Town Road. Absolutely. So I, that, that's a fear of mine. I'd yeah, be like, and they always gonna compare it or compete with each other like yo mm-hmm. that's not better than the first one right same thing we have with movies you know when somebody put out a good movie like you know keenan like yo get out it yeah. can't compete with us to me right you know but some people are you know mm-hmm. and that's what it goodness so that's one triumph for the, the black community there's another thing going on in the black community now um Dr. Marquise Boone, you're a fe- you are a fellow dark skinned man. Sheldon, you, you kind of brown skin. Brown. He brown. He, 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 he is. I think I should make the team. Nah, you're not dark. on the bench, but you're I'm on the team. Dark. You're not team. You're not D. dark at all. <laughs> you're not on the bench. He's but, but we acknowledge you. In my family, you. I'm the darkest one. You so are a person. Oh. Yeah. You are a person. <laughs> but. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, Wesley Snipes, who is um, who has always been like a dark skinned uh, Wesley Snipes. You know what? Let me not even say it. Drake is Drake for light skinned people is a captain. He's captain. Drake is Wesley Snipes to black people. To <laughs> white people. To white skinned people. Right. And Drake is I'm just gonna, Drake. Wesley, Wesley Snipes, Snipes. Yeah. Is, uh, is is congratulating Mahashala Ali on taking on the role of Blade. Yeah. That mm. is amazing. Yeah. Which is crazy because anytime you think Blade you think Wesley Snipes, Snipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make a male not a female yeah, yeah. all of that um, and Wesley Snipes is totally like in he's he's just telling his fan base you know to calm down like don't don't go in on him like um yeah yeah exactly relax mm-hmm. because you know let's you know let's keep things moving forward how do y'all feel about the whole blade like the reboot of blade and finding another person to take over stop rebooting right like, like does blade really need be, to be like, rebooted is there no more creativity in the world anymore like can we not create i think about that when i listen to the radio true because every song now is yeah. re- they, they redoing Definitely. all the old songs yeah. and i'm sick of that yeah. i think it's so sick yeah. of hearing my favorite song in a new in song. A new song. I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. And he, but here's the thing, like I agree with you 100% and I've done some research on Twitter and I came across people who have a really great argument against that is that a lot of these movies are all based off off uh, stories from like the 1940, 19. And I agree. Whatever. I'm fine with that. But do the same thing they did with Blade, but don't do another Blade. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. give us a don't new character, give brand. us a new, you know, mm-hmm. storyline and it can still be the same foundation but I don't want to see the same movie right yeah Yeah. and I'm not a fan of prequels either I don't like I'm trying to figure out why they didn't just recast him because in my opinion Wesley Snipes is he still could do it unrecastable he's unrecastable (laughs) uh, he's like you're 57 years old the industry is done with you Uh, but Mahajala like have y'all seen um, 
Ah, uh, what was it? Was it Black Marvel show? What was uh, it? Uh, Bla- uh, St- uh, what is it called? Mm. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Oh yeah. Have y'all watched Luke yeah. Cage? I haven't. I have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you saw you saw Mahershal Ali as a Cottonmouth. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he was like mesmerizing. Yeah. In, in that he role, was good. yeah, he, he was, embodied he was, it. He was good. So. I think he can embody roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've thought this way about uh, the Joker and and, and Batman. Yeah, and yeah. we saw what. Uh, Luke, I mean, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger yeah. did with that role. Like Jack he, Nicholson. Yeah, yeah, yeah but Jack Nicholson is like the OG. He is the ultimate. Well, yeah, yeah, like, like, both of them were good, like, though. Right. Yeah. Just like yeah. Pierce Brosnan was, is the OG, mm-hmm. but Bond. Daniel Craig came in and like. Yeah, and like smashed it, made it like gangster, made it not like <laughs> geek, like geeky. Nah, I'm yeah. out here like catching, <laughs> catching them, like running. <laughs> what's good, right? My, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, but that's what's in the future. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I just don't. I mean, want he took it really well. I don't want no more Lion Kings. I don't want no more lions. My pastor talked about how Lion King, how that was great. Because, but and then of course he tied it in. But the voice of the father stays the same. Right, you know, he right. tries to bring it all in. But he was saying how important it is for us to recreate um, classics so that a new generation mm-hmm. can, can experience it, experience it. I feel and that, that it has to be done in a way that's relatable to them. So those of us that are familiar with the classics, we're kind of like, eh. and you know, but, but it has to be retold we, but again. Why couldn't it be retold? Just not being Lion King. Yeah, because there's only one lion. Right, exactly. so that's, that, that's, that's the point. Saying, like, that's the that's point. The point. It's only one. And you know something? Like, I thought it was crazy on that that I didn't even think about. They were saying that Scar was gay in the first one. You notice that they he, saying that about everything? Yeah, they said that he was gay in the first yeah. one, so this Scar wasn't gay. Yeah. Well, what? Sometimes yeah. like, everybody tells it differently. They say because... they say Bernie and and who's the, the Bernie and uh, what's the Ern, other guy? Bernie, Ern, Ern, yeah, Bernie, what couples? Yeah, yeah. Ernie. Yeah, they say they were. A but I couple. think it's because of the movement that's uh, happening. Yeah, you know? that's what it was. Right. You yeah. know, but I saw The Lion King on Broadway, and mm-hmm. that was genius. I like Rafiki that. was played by a woman. No, wait, not Rafiki. Who was the? Uh, Mufasa. The, no, the, the monkey. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is it Rafiki? Rafiki. Yeah, like yes, yeah, Rafiki was played by a woman both times I saw it on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a, in the in the play. She was this very soulful powerhouse because obviously we know Rafiki and as being mm-hmm. this older wise monkey. Right. But maybe he's he she it is gender bending because right. I mean. Well, I've never seen a real animal that was gay. Right. I mean, there are plenty of animals that that are well are we what I mean, humans can, yeah, no 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 we're not we're not no. <laughs> we are you need to know what I need to go me too because I know nothing <laughs> outside of animals don't well animals know what they be doing but some I, well I think we <laughs> <laughs> nope. just not going there. <laughs> How about that? KP don't know what he's doing. KP don't know what he's talking about. KP talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. KP is going. Look, we are at Dead End Studios. Please yes. follow them on all platforms. This is Black Korea Podcast. Goodness, this was an amazing episode. We yes. have uh, your host, KP. I'm your boy, Shelton J.
our very own Dr. Lovejoy. And then our oh, our two beautiful, thought-provoking Spanish. Please invite me back. Used to be preaching, but now... He was still preaching. I got my word. We have... Ina. You're sassy Puerto Rican? Yes. Princess. Hello. Princess. Yes. Your token Puerto Rican friend. You know how everybody's like, oh, I know a Puerto Rican chick. Yeah. I'm that Puerto Rican chick. Right. That. And Dr. Marquise Boone. Mm. All right. Hey, let me give a shout out to the FIFO, man. What's going on, FIFO? FIFO, FIFO. does an excellent job. We don't talk Ooh. about it. Not enough. No. But that's my guy. He's the producer of the show and he kills it, man. And Andy, make the noise go off. Andy, please get well soon. Get well, Andy. Tiffany, bring back some some bulgogi, some bulgogi beef. Yes. I don't know what else is. I want a shirt there. too. I just a want shirt. a shirt. This yeah. is shirt too. A shirt this too. is what? Just Korean? And the Ailey album. She got to bring me the Ailey album. And the Ailey album. album. Yes. 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 You, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Black Korea, y'all. Hey. Thank you. Hey, peace. Black Korea, Korea.